Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, deep political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually... Um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. And when that first cocaine was smuggled in on a ship, it may as well have been a deadly bacteria so much as it hurt the body, the soul of our country. But take my word for it, this scourge will stop. Hello, oddities. Welcome once again to the Oddcast. I'm going to be quick and brief. I, I have a great guest today. I'm super excited. I've been uh, listening to this guy and watching this guy for probably about three years now. And uh, I feel like he is the best source to go to for the subject we're going to cover today, which is weather modification and other things related to that. So, Without any further ado, I'm welcoming Matt Landman to the Oddcast. Hello, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, is the name of your show The Oddcast or The Odd Man Out? It's actually The Oddcast featuring The Odd Man Out. I know that's a long title. I wanted it to be The Oddcast, but that was already taken by about five other shows. And I wouldn't let it go, so maybe I should have, but here we no, are. No, it's cool. I love it. I love it. And this morning, I, your, um, the name had been on my calendar, right, for, I don't know, at least a month whenever we booked it. And this morning when I was in the shower, it finally clicked. And I was really excited to explain it to my girlfriend, what it even meant to be the odd man out. And she didn't get it because, she, um, well, at the end, she was like, guys are brutal. But I was explaining how, like, in sports, you know, if there's not an even number, you know, the, the shortest, scrawniest kid or whatever gets left out and they can't play. And I was usually, a, you know, a, one of the smaller kids and, and she was just dumbfounded by, by the concept. <laughs> but nowadays, you don't got to worry about that. Nowadays, they're, they're, the kids are just on their uh, VR headsets or video games, and I'm sure they find a way to include everyone. <laughs> How's it going over in Knoxville? It's, it's good, man. It's um, probably about the same as everywhere else, maybe not quite as locked down and strict as some places but certainly more so than I would like uh, I've been quite uh, surprised by the level of uh, authoritarianism that people have put up with here you know this being the south 
I thought that people would push back a little harder and uh, at least in my area, not as much. And, and although this is a college town and that has something to do with it, uh, I've been a bit disappointed, but uh, you know, we're hanging in there, man. So you are in a blue city in a red state, right? Essentially. Basically, yes. The city, the, the, you know, if you look at the, the maps, when people vote, you know, it's all around the, the downtown area is all the more, you know, left-leaning people and mm -hmm. more reddish areas out in the counties around there. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like that. So I am, well, I'm in a blue state, but it's, it, Oregon is a red state. It's just kind of confused. But where I'm at in Ashland, it's a very blue city. And I'm looking at relocating, potentially, possibly. I'm not looking to run from my problems or anything like that, but I am looking to explore this country and while I'm at it, exploring in the spring, um, I'll finally be able to really do a, a good Frankenskies movie tour and spread the movie that I made around and then get some footage for Frankenskies 2, the sequel, Climate Change. But I really want to explore especially red counties in blue states. It seems like that that's kind of the recipe for me, um, for what I'm looking for and for freedom and what have you. Like I'm looking at a lot of different regions, you know, but it's like, <clears throat> it's fascinating, the left-right paradigm. And then we can talk about all the weather modification history and chemtrails sure. and geoengineering if you'd like, but I think it's very fascinating, the left-right paradigm. Okay, so where I live in Ashland, Oregon, not to be confused with Asheville, North Carolina, but very similar actually because of the mentality and, um, you know, the, the, the liberal mindset. Liberal mindset before all of this meant potentially not fluoridating your water, potentially bucking the system when it comes to too many cell towers and 5G and all that stuff, and also organic like cooperative grocery stores. The community I live in has no smart meters. They have their own power company. There's no smart meters in all the houses, which means there's not all that radiation, wireless, um, unnecessarily, or unnecessary RF radiation. There's no fluoride in the community. There's like one little, there's like no cell towers basically, right? And there's organic food and all that, but also being really liberal, they've gone extreme with all of this. And now to go to my organic grocery store, I have to, you know, wear a mask and all that. And they've, they've pushed it to, it's, too, it's gone, it's too far gone. But the, these communities that are in a red state that have that, you know, um, right wing mindset, but then are in a blue county in that red state that have maybe bucked the fluoride or whatever and are still because I still want those principles where I live I can't just move to some completely red state red county red everything that have disregarded these things like fluoridation 5g and all that sort of stuff and then I'm plopped in some town that doesn't have organic food which I know there's a lot of places like that out there so it's an interesting um, duality that we live in and people are migrating and trying to figure out where to go I've heard Good things about Newman Lake, Washington. It's in a blue state and it's a red town, red county on the border of Idaho. You know, Idaho is too red for me. You know, specifically, they're actually too red. Um, I mean, like, not that it matters, but I don't want to be in a state so strict that if you get caught with a joint, you go to jail. You know, there's like certain ideologies that I want where I want to live and what have you. So there's, there's, and then there's also awareness to geoengineering, weather modification, chemtrails, and all that sort of stuff. I've been around to a lot of farmers markets all over the country, and the farmers know, and especially liberal communities know as well. You know, um, even in a very um, red um, 
community, there'll still be farmers that know because they watch the sky and what have you. But there's a balance there too. I'm trying to figure out where to have another conference for the, for the chemtrails and what have you. And I mean, it's gotta be a place that's open. It's gotta be a place where we don't have to wear masks. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm wading these waters and finally I'm realizing, you know, I'm getting grounded in the situation that we're in. It's always been the long game. You know, we're always been, we've always been uh, slowly attacked and it's going to be like this with this one too. It's going to be slow and we, we don't have to be totally frazzled and then fly, fight or flight and all run to Montana or something. We can or Florida or whatever. We can be grounded about it and explore our options and see where our tribe is at and maybe stay where we are, you know? But I, I do think that there's this opportunity for us to kind of see the forest through the trees and, and figure out where we want to be and why and find what really resonates with us as a, you know, as a tribe. And then slowly but surely we can find where we want to be. Like, I want to come check out Knoxville, see what it's like, maybe the outskirts and what have you. You know, there's, there's farm communities around Blue City, you know, that are red counties near the Blue City. You know, there's interesting fine tuning of it all and balances of it. And I think that people are migrating and we're going to have an amazing opportunity to kind of find our click, to find our, our regions, our communities. Speaking to a woman in um, Vermont, there's a cool community um, coming together up there. I don't know if that's for me necessarily. It's really far off and it's cold, um, but still there's pockets forming. I'm really excited to see what kind of new world we can build while they create their evil new world. Absolutely. I couldn't agree, agree more, man. And, you know, it's like the line between left and right has kind of gotten blurred over the last 10 or 15 years. Things have changed. What used to seem liberal now seems more conservative and, and, you know, vice versa. And it's like, it's really hard to find that, that good mix of both, you know, because like you said, there, there's certain things, there's certain things about both sides, I always say that I agree with. You know, I agree with some of the things that uh, people on the left bring up about inequality and different things like that, but I don't necessarily agree with the, the, their fixes, you know, the, what they want to do, which always seems to be more authoritarian government, more control over our lives and stuff like that. And the same on the other side, too. And it's, it's hard to find that good mix, but it's out there. I know uh, I'm blanking on what they call it, but I know Derek Bros has that. Uh, he started that whole thing where people meet up in their communities together. There's freedom cells, they call it, and that's a, that's a great opportunity to find um, like-minded people in your community, yeah. A absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a great thing that people can do. I know there's a couple other different organizations that are doing those kind of things, and I think that's really what we need to do, find that group that we can get along with, we can share things with, they can teach us things, and they can learn from us, and yeah, I think that's the way to go, man. I agree. And what's really fascinating, and we can even just do it in our own community. Recently, in my community, we've had to completely build a new um, environment for ourselves and our children. So we, um, me and my peers are having our own um, community uh, for medical freedom holiday weekend market, you know, and we're honoring small businesses. And I think it's really going to be, it's going to thrive. We've also formed our own school collective. Um, there's smaller pods for different age groups, but of course we don't enforce social distancing or any of this nonsense, right? And the kids are living in the world that we grew up in somewhat, you know, they're not living in fear. So back to the left-right paradigm, it's really fascinating how they've done this 
hijacking of our consciousness with, glo with global warming and, and climate change. So environmentalism has always been on the um, liberal side of the paradigm. And over on the liberal side of the paradigm would be action on climate um, intervention, you know, like, like reining in our carbon emissions is really what they think action on climate is. And so when these protests, these COP24, whatever these climate conferences, when these people come together, primary liberals, and protest and say that action needs to happen on climate, they don't realize that they're actually consenting to geoengineering, which is dimming the sun to slow down the heating of the planet, supposed heating of the planet. So on this polarized duality, which is really fascinating, the, the side that is anti-geoengineering is the side that claims that global warming is a farce, which is the radical, or not necessarily radical, but the right, right, the right. And on that radical right is big oil and ExxonMobil, Chevron, dirty energy. And it makes perfect sense. You'd be, we, it seems like as humanity, we'd want to be on the opposite side of dirty energy. And dirty energy is over there saying global warming's not real. We're not to be held accountable, of course, because we're, we're spewing all this, you know, soot, toxic um, what, pollution in the atmosphere, right? Through burning coal and what have you and our cars and all that. And the claim is, that dirty energy doesn't want to be held responsible for the heating of the planet or the climate change or whatever. And therefore they claim it's not real. And they also say nothing needs to be done about this problem. So we don't need to geoengineer, AKA dim the planet, dim the sun or restrict the sunlight coming in like Bill Gates wants to do through this sun dimming experiment, which was supposed to happen in Tucson, Arizona a couple years ago. And now it's slated to happen in Sweden um, in spring of 2022. And I hope that the world can bring light and attention to that because if, if we really get caught up in this whole global warming nonsense fiasco, Hegelian dialectic, we could very easily be in a uh, global lockdown situation, like back to the lockdowns, but bait and switch no longer because of, of a um, rebranding of the common cold, aka the flu or whatever's going on right now. We, can, we don't need to get in, go there, but there's a lot of weird this going on and you know lockdowns don't seem to be the answer but i do think that a bait and switch while everyone's still in fear will flip and we might see global warming aka climate change lockdowns with smart tech watching us and making us um basically only allowing us to leave the house at a certain time and all this stuff it could be really weird and dystopian but the most fascinating mind f of it all is the reverse psychology of it where we're giving duality polarization we're given two sides are you for or against um climate change mediation aka geoengineering and if you're on the side that's anti-geoengineering that means you're on the side of big oil and it doesn't make sense so people are tricked it's total reverse psychology people are tricked to accepting geoengineering which i guess i should just go and this is a good question that maybe people are asking like what's the difference between chemtrails, weather modification, weather engineering, geoengineering, all these things are actually different. So the powers that be through NASA, who has a budget of over $50 million a day and other covert programs, ongoing programs, there's a elaborate array of drones and planes, a full on fleet arsenal of drones, unmanned aircraft, that spray our skies with aerosolized chemicals. They mix different aerosolized chemicals, metallics especially, um, 
mostly aluminum and barium and strontium, but all sorts of other chemicals are being used. And aluminum, barium, strontium can be mixed together to create high pressure, to steer jet streams and manipulate the weather and what have you. Also, these constituents can be used to um, haze the sky, to create an artificial fog cloud layer, to prevent sunlight from hitting the earth, to supposedly slow down global warming, the heating of the planet, right? Which that whole scenario is actually, if you learn about Hegel and the Hegelian dialectic, this problem reaction solution scenario, the problem is really geoengineering, the spraying of the metallics in the sky. And that creates a greenhouse effect, actually. That is actually way more creating of a greenhouse effect than water vapor and the clouds and all this other stuff that's supposedly going on. Like they put in this layer of aluminum, the heat gets trapped, and then they say, oh, wait, heat waves, global warming, we've got to do something about it. We're going to dim your sun with metal. They're creating the problem. Okay, so that's something to acknowledge. Um, so, where chemtrails is spraying of aerosolized chemicals. The word geoengineering is dimming the sun specifically, and then weather engineering is controlling the weather and manipulating the weather for different end goals and what have you. Great. Uh, thank you for explaining the differences. Uh, you know, I learned from you that uh, uh, the powers that be or the powers that shouldn't be <laughs> have been messing with our weather for a very, very long time for different reasons. Uh, but one, uh, warfare, I think, is one of the main reasons. And, you know, you can even go back and listen to, was it uh, LBJ mentioned uh, controlling the weather at, at a speech, uh, I believe, before a college, maybe a college in Texas. And then um, also Kennedy, I think, mentioned it in one of his speeches as well. Yes. Yep. JFK mentioned um, the control of the weather. And then right after his assassination, LBJ gave a speech at Texas A&M. And the speech clip is in my movie, Frankenskies, because Frankenskies is a chronological historical expose. It starts off in the 1920s, goes all the way to 2017 when the film was released. And when it gets to LBJ giving his speech, he says, quote, control the weather, control the world. And his eyes like turn black and he grinds his teeth. He looks so evil. It's really not funny. At that point, we've already sharpened the tools in our arsenal. There's um, Project Popeye where the US Navy, or Air Force rather, or both of them in conjunction with one another, they flood the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Vietnam. They used weather as a war weapon. The entire world watched and knew. And then after Vietnam, the Vietnamese War, the United Nations came together and all voted unanimously that we can't use weather warfare on each other. If every country started fighting each other with weather warfare, something could break out anywhere in the world between two random countries, and then they're messing with the hydrological system of the entire planet. So it's, it's a delicate system. We can't be attacking one another with weather warfare. But there was this caveat that if you want to experiment or wage war on yourself, you, know, you can do weather warfare on your, on your home turf, because who are they to say what you can do on your own people, right? So then, that's what happens through HARP, the um, utilization of intersecting radio waves in the atmosphere's te Tesla technology. Um, actually, with chemtrails being sprayed, metals in the atmosphere, atmosphere in a haze, ground-based stations can intersect radio waves in, in, a, in the atmosphere to heat the atmosphere, right, where the chemtrails are, basically like microwaving the atmosphere. It's called HARP, it's an acronym, but it's like Tesla technology 
using antenna arrays on the ground to intersect these radio waves in the atmosphere to heat really hot. And by doing so, you can create high pressure, heat waves, steer jet streams, block moisture from coming in. There's so many things that you can do with just that technology. And that's been refined and shrunk down into um, what's called NEXTRAD and Doppler radar systems. And they're all over the world now. The claim is that they're predicting the weather, but they're actually controlling the weather with the usage of this technology. So if already way back in Vietnam, the world was coming together saying, hey, don't use weather modification on each other. You're going to wreak havoc on the planet's systems. They all knew that weather engineering, weather modification was something that existed and they needed to do something about it. That's why they came together to vote on that. So to think that it's outside the realm of possibilities, like that's a conspiracy. That's some crazy thoughts. So that's crazy thought thinking. I mean, like it is obvious and self-evident that the weather can be engineered. And when there's talk of drought and hurricanes and all these things, the hurricanes can be completely eliminated and quelled with the technology. Instead, they're exacerbated. Droughts can be alleviated. In 1914, the city of San Diego had a drought. They hired this professor. He claimed he could make it rain. And he did. Very rudimentary level stuff. He built a tower like 35 feet tall, went up in the tower and sprayed chemicals that he thought would seed clouds. Um, aerosolized chemicals in the sky that seed clouds make water couple onto these, these um, chemicals, the aerosolized chemicals sprayed. Um, what the Air Force first started using, one of the best things to make it rain and to seed clouds, basically these little, they're called seeds because these little dust particles or whatever they want to be as a seed, it attracts the water, the water couples onto this thing called a seed and then it drops, gets heavy and falls out of the sky. So at first the Air Force was using dry ice um, dry ice can make it dump, make it rain like crazy. And dry ice administered in the atmosphere um, in mass by the US Air Force, dry ice is frozen carbon dioxide. It's concentrated carbon dioxide. And no one will tell the public that the Air Force is using carbon dioxide in mass in our atmosphere, dumping it in directly to the upper atmosphere to manipulate the weather. I mean, then they come down and say that our carbon dioxide is a problem. That alone should be addressed. So Hatfield, he made it flood in San Diego in 1914, burst the dams by spraying these chemical constituents in the atmosphere. Okay, the city of San Diego sued him because he made it rain too much. All right, so it's easy to make rain. And then why don't we talk about that when we talk about drought and all these things and forest fires? Forest fires could e easily be quelled. Even if there's no clouds in the sky, you can precipitate rain or lightning with lasers and all this technology that they have. And instead of making rain on fires, they make wind over the fires. And instead of putting it out with the rain, they spray patented fire accelerants through this chemtrail program, aluminum oxide and barium salts. These are patented fire accelerants being sprayed on our trees for decades, mind you, and also when they're burning. And then the media comes and says, oh, climate change, we got to do something about this. They're creating a worrisome issue. They're promoting fear through propaganda. And at the end of it all, they're going to say, well, we need to dim your sun. You know, we're going to do it through this program that we're launching, geoengineering, that they've been normalizing through the narratives. And that's really been making me mad because they've been spraying chemtrails full scale since the mid-90s. But they're trying to basically sidestep side decades of treason 
by normalizing it, saying that they're going to do it publicly and get us all excited through the mind control systems and the programming to get everyone, especially liberals and whatnot. Not that I like to call point fingers or call names. I'm just saying there's these things are polarized and the, the, there is a radical left and right that's being completely pinned against itself. And I feel like that the stars are kind of aligning for us to have like a revolution of sorts, maybe a spiritual revolution or whatever, but the powers that be, you know, the they want us fighting each other in like a civil war so that they can, like I said, sidestep their treason and go on with their evil bidding. So um, did I wrap up all of those thoughts? I think I kind of went there. Did, did I, do you have any questions? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I was just going to say that uh, I think one of the great things I learned from you, another, is um, just knowing the names of the programs. That has helped me because I've tried to turn on, uh, turn your information on to a lot of people. And uh, once I was able to give them the names of the programs and they could actually look these up themselves, they began to believe. And now I have a few people who will send me these messages. Hey, man, have you seen the skies today? Look at these trails, you know, different things like that. And so I think that that's a very important piece of information that you've provided to help us to see that this is real. You know, Harvard has been funding this stuff for years. And the Carnegie, I found the Carnegie endowments or one of the Carnegie institutions has been funding whether modification and different things like that i know here i live uh, about 30 miles from the um, national lab uh, the tba lab where they built the uh, atomic bomb and there's a fellow here that used to work for uh oak ridge national labs and i think his name is jim phelps and he talks about air pharmacology and how i guess he was working on some programs in the 80s to help with uh, climate change and then he realized it was a bad deal and that they were going to put stuff in the sky that wasn't good for people so this is real it's it's very real and uh, it's just that we're not told about it in the mainstream exactly and let's talk about all those programs because like you said that can be that nail in the coffin or that you know push down the rabbit hole or just that resolution that people need also the patents the patents can kind of tell the story when you see patents coming out 1960s 1970s 1980s Obviously, if they're patenting something that has to do with aerosolized chemicals release distribution methods of spraying through the jets, planes and engines, all this sort of stuff, then obviously they're refining and coming out with their stuff. They're not just patenting things that don't exist. So for the programs, and these are easily found. And the thing is, brother, Jason, is all of these things are hidden in plain sight. You know, it's some sort of consent or giving us our free will, we have the opportunity and the tools to see everything. It's right there. You know, they could hide it. You know, the, the, the internet is censored and literally they could prevent me from seeing this stuff on the internet, but they don't, you know, so it's there. And I encourage people to sink your teeth into it because when you have these tools, you can utilize them and pass it on to your friends and family and peers. And these little things can really wake people up. People have contacted me recently and said, Matt, if I had not watched Frankenstein's released in 2017, if I had not watched your movie, I never would have seen the world the way it is right now and realized that all of this stuff right now is nonsense. Like people are walking around in a totally different lifestyle with their faces out because they were shown a glimpse of the truth, maybe not through just my documentary, but other things, you know, and then you get on that frequency of truth and all these other truths start to become self-evident, but someone 
has to somehow open the door for you or nudge you one way or another, whether it's a podcast, whatever it may be. So these can be really eye-opening. From NASA, it's the CARE program, which is ironic and maybe insulting, but they don't care and they're not doing anything caring, but it's C-A-R-E, it's an acronym for the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. And they have a whole care program outlined on, the, um, on their website and they literally say what they do. They spray aluminum, barium, and strontium to experiment in the laboratory, um, in the atmosphere as a laboratory, they say. And um, they're doing it all in open air. It's not in the lab. And they say that, that their laboratory is the atmosphere. And they make these things called noctilucent clouds. They, they have a whole word of the name of the clouds that they make, noctilucent clouds. So they mix barium and strontium and make these crazy radical weird clouds and they have pictures of them. They're all crazy looking. And there's no scrutiny or transparency to what they're doing. And they have a fleet of planes and drones, you know, and they'll show you it on their website. And their budget is somewhere between 50 and $60 million a day right now, all right? And believe me, you, they lie about what they really do with their money. They're not going to Mars or shooting satellites. They're like all the things that they say that they're doing is BS, right? And really, I think a lot of their money goes into the chemtrail program. There's also the SAI program, Stratospheric Aerosol Injection. And that SAI program is through uh, the CIA, federally funded, and it's Stratospheric Aerosol Injection. It says exactly what it is. They're injecting um, aerosols, chemical aerosols, into the stratosphere to experiment with climate change remediation to save us from a problem that doesn't exist, you know? And the people involved, they're on a need-to-know basis, they're compartmentalized, and they're brainwashed. They're told that they're saving the planet and that we can't, the public is not fully aware of how horrible the problem is, and that they need to act now or we'll all be underwater or whatever, you know, the, the lies are. Another one is solar radiation management, SRM. And that in and of itself is, is so mind-boggling, solar radiation management. Okay, the radiation from solar is good for us. Okay, we don't need to manage it. It's not bad. The radiation coming off these 5G towers and our new 5G phones and stuff, that is bad. But they'll call it EMF, give it a fancy word, not tell you it's bad. And then people are um, upgrading their phones and they're, they're getting symptoms from, of radiation sickness like loss of taste. And then they don't know it because no one's telling them that the phone is bad. But they're telling them that the sun is bad and to, that the sun is okay to be blocked and wear sunscreen and all this stuff. They're demonizing the sun, our life force energy, calling it solar radiation management. There's a website called srmgi.gov or .org, I believe. If you just look up srmgi, you can find it. Solar Radiation Management Governance Initiative. They have a whole governance body in place already. Okay, There was an initiative that they put out near a decade ago now, and they've created a body to govern the solar radiation management, like dictating who gets how much sun because they need to dim our sun, they, they claim, okay? And that's like an ongoing program, hidden in plain sight. You just gotta know the search terms. The thing is, we, as a public, we're only told chemtrails, contrails, and geoengineering. And when we find that geoengineering fancy word, we think that we're really smart. And those are the only terms that we have the vernacular, the verbiage to go off of on our search down the rabbit holes, on our DuckDuckGo or Google or whatever it may be. And if they can control those dialogues, they control the narrative, they can control the flow of information. So I found a document or someone sent me this document at one point. It was amazing. 
tropospheric aerosol program through the Department of Energy. This is another program. Came out in 2001, and this 99-page document, they, they outline how they sprayed Nashville, Tennessee, actually, with their, um, the, the launch of their program. And they have a huge budget. They even spend $5 million on risk aversion like not, and, and exposure assessment, not getting caught. And it's all in fancy words, really wordy, deep documents. And um, I've had like 50 different jobs in my life and I've dug through quarterly financials and stuff for stock markets. And I can kind of read nitty gritty crap. And this document from the Department of Energy, big oil, dirty energy, back to that, right? Who are supposed to be the anti-geoengineering people. They have a geoengineering program, right? And it's called the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, TAP. And you can find it very easily by putting in T-A-P-D-O-E, Tropospheric Aerosol Program, Department of Energy, uh, PDF, to get the PDF file of it. And then there it is. It's hidden in plain sight. And in this very wordy, complex document that outlines their budget and how they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's launched right before the biggest distraction ever, 9-11. Okay, so this is March in 2001 when this document, this program is outlined and launched. And in this entire document and anything related to the document, there's no use of the word contrail, chemtrail, or geoengineering, right? So how are we to even find this information or relate to it? The contrail, which is a con, they refer to as a precursor gas in this document. And I started to really change my outlook and look at the skies differently. And I'm realizing that these short trails are priming the sky. They're a precursor gas to mixing other gases. And sometimes you can see the short one and the long one coming like right behind it. They're like mixing the chemicals together. They just look differently or different. So the powers that be wanted us in a um, debate. Is that a contrail? Is that a chemtrail? Oh, I'm educated. I know that a chemtrail is during this humidity and atmosphere and this barometric pressure and you know the persistence of the ice crystals, blah, blah, blah. No, both of them are chemicals being mixed, but they created a controlled argument to get us debating whether it's one thing or the other, but both sides are, are lies. And that's how they get us. They get us debating um, what to do about global warming, you know, like sea levels aren't rising, global warming's not even real. And in the 80s, they said we were going into an ice age. They couldn't figure out how to reverse engineer the ice age. They couldn't get the temperatures to plummet with their HARP technology. They knew that they could heat up the atmosphere, so they had to flip the script. And literally, the front page of the Time magazine flipped from we're going to be under a mile of ice to global warming's going to kill you. In just a few years, it happened. I've got the juxtaposition of the of the front pages on a meme that I like to share around. So, okay, I've talked enough. I'd like <laughs> to ask you a question, brother. How long have you been doing this show? Um, I think I've been doing it two years as of about two weeks ago. Oh, cool. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. This will be the 94th episode. I love it. And so we're all a part of this issue, the skies being dimmed, and every buddy everywhere is telling me that there's way more chemtrails more and more every day right now. Also, when we went on our lockdowns of March of last year, March 2020, we all got locked up, you know, um, they said um, essential travel only or whatever. And a lot of people stay at home. People were contacting me from all over the freaking world. Matt, did they stop the chemtrails? And I'm looking outside and I'm seeing these cobalt blue beautiful skies, white fluffy clouds, something I hadn't seen in quite some time um, repetitively. Like maybe I'd see this for a couple of days, but not for like a week straight or two weeks straight. And I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, wow, 
maybe who knows maybe those pilots are taking the time off too you know no i don't think so so i'm wondering what's going on well then and it always shows itself which is amazing in this world you know we're always like what is going on fast forward a year and hindsight's 2020 we're going to see we're going to understand by the, them showing their stupid evilness so it's starting to be clear now that the the constant bombardment of chemtrails to create this haze to create a greenhouse effect and they they superheat the haze to near the temperature of the sun with their harp technology so they're creating heat they're creating heat waves they're creating drought they're creating the warming of the globalness the planet or whatever you know where, where, wherever we live the realm in which we live they're heating it okay so if that's actually happening and they're heating the freaking planet right and we can and we can um agree on on that okay all of us we can come together and agree on that then then where are they going with it well for one if they stop spraying for a couple weeks then maybe the planet would stop heating and they could use that so after we were all locked down it started to creep out oh all those humans being locked in their homes there's this rewilding, the animals came out and the weather got back to normal and climate change and global warming, you know, this is all, this is all BS, right? Of course, nothing changed to the entire hydrological system overnight, but they're trying to get some data out of it. And they're like, oh, look, you guys get locked down and then everything gets normal. It's like, yeah, you guys stop spraying your chemtrails. They're using this as bait to, to get us convinced that we're okay with locking ourselves in our homes. And it's like generational, it's a slow game. So this next generation, they're gonna get them obsessed with Roblox and then VR headsets. And then all of a sudden we're in this ready player one environment where the virtual reality, it's a movie if you hadn't seen it, the virtual reality inside the headset is going to be a better world than the world outside where everybody's fighting and forced jabs, Mark of the Beast, whatever, you know, dystopian, uh, smart tech where there's self-driving cars and we can only drive so much of our allotment and this carbon credits and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to believe in free energy recently. And if energy is free and they have just confused us and tricked us to think that we need this dirty or clean or solar or not, and then, oh, global warming because of you. And no one's thinking, oh, well, we can just go without all this energy nonsense. You know, no one realizes that it could actually be free, right? Yeah. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but they've got, humanity right where they want them and soon i mean ignorant and naive as we may be as a species as a collective we may actually be begging for global warming climate change the lockdowns in our home based on this just coercion it's trickery you know they lock us down and then they stop spraying their chemicals and then they're like look how nice it is out there because you're locked down it's like no we don't even have all the facts all the pieces of the puzzle and information to really make a rational decision or um, understand really where we're at so i really hope that it just blows up in their face i mean the truth is the opposite of the lies and in the real world of duality and polarity we'd have lies and truth we'd be able to see the two and discern but because we've been so tricked we've lost our connection to our gold gut instincts and, our, and we need to get back to that cultivation of our guts and our hearts and like our and understand how connected we are to the truth and really you know snap out of it absolutely man well said yeah it's 
we live in this world of propaganda and it, you know, it hits us from all sides 24 seven. If you, you know, for those of you that still watch the news and stay tuned into TV and even the radio and stuff like that. And it is tough if you've never been able to break out of it and step away from it and kind of discern truth from fiction and, and look at the, the lies we've been told about different things you really don't stand much of a chance and, and, and anyone can do it. It just, I think is taking that great leap of faith and getting out of this media bubble and figuring out who you really are. And uh, you know, I think that people stay so close to the belt with their politics and, and social issues and different things like that. They don't realize they they're being directed every at every turn, you know, and it's really a shame. Well, you mentioned politics and it's getting really weird. So everybody out of their hatred, complete and total hatred for Trump, you know, um, it seems is why we ended up with Biden and why no one argued with the election because they didn't, the general public did not argue with the results because of an engineered hatred for Trump. He's a racist, he's a sexist, what have you. So right when Biden comes in, he gives our, our military presence to the Taliban, his rate in Afghanistan, his ratings plummet. And all the while there's this weird underlying current being bred of racism, all right? Um, through like um, Black Lives Matter, but also I'm just seeing so many divisive um, narratives through the media and what have you. And, and of course, Biden's not helping with it, you know? I mean, like, I wouldn't even be surprised if like there's some staged KKK, like he gets assassinated and then Kamala comes in. Either way, the program seems to be to get people hating him enough that through their hatred for Biden, they'll reelect Trump. And then we're, and then we're in for it because that'll be staged as well, just the same as our last election was staged. And then there'll be enough hatred in this country to do some sort of false flag. I'm afraid it's going to be a racial thing, you know, mm -hmm. like, like this melting pot of a country is such a beautiful thing. And we've been getting along so well. I mean, come on, this is a beautiful place. I grew up in Virginia. Like when I got over here to California, everything was fine. But now here we are in 2021 and people are telling me that we're racist, you know? I mean, yes, some people are. And come on, I know that. But I, I lived, I mean, I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, DC. It is a melting pot. If they are gonna convince everybody that we need to fight each other about our race and whatnot, they could stage some really wicked false flag and, and, and get some unreal civil war going where like right now we look at each other and, and it's like, are they wearing a mask? Are they not? And there is a othering duality being formed. It is, and it could come through with the mark of the beast and whatnot. But I do, I'm afraid that through the powers that be and the politics and whatnot, that we could be on the cusp, probably five years out or something like that, but we could be on the cusp of an actual race-driven civil war. This is what the CIA does. They infiltrate countries and then they flip them on their head like the, um, the Arab Spring and whatnot. That was, that was us, you know? Yeah. yeah go into a country, dismantle it from within, get them fighting each other. Well, I don't trust our own government. And I think that they want to dismantle our powers by getting us 
firmly divided in so many ways. And I hope that people can step away from politics altogether and just honor their humanity. We all bleed red. We all can be human for life, abandon this transhumanism technocracy agenda, get back to kind of rewilding ourselves, get grounded and just, you know, honor who we are and get to know your neighbors and turn off the TV and, and abandon technology. And I mean, if we didn't have all of these devices, you know, in our ears trying to tell us how to think and what to feel about one another, we wouldn't have these opinions anyways, you know? That's so true, man. It's so true. We, they keep us divided so they can stay together and get stronger. You know, our division is their strength and that's the way it's always been. And that's the way it's going to continue to be unless enough of us figure it out. And, uh, you know, when we start coming together, that's when they, some, they stage something to make us divide. And, and now it's like coming from all sides where you've got all these, you know, micro issues that we have to divide over. It's not just, you know, sex or race or, anything like that. And then we got, you know, so many different things that they're trying to uh, split us up over. And it seems to be working to a certain extent. And it's really a shame because I do feel like there's somewhat of an awakening where people are seeing it, but I don't, you know, it's not enough. And um, that's because we're so outnumbered by their media. I think it's, you know, because they slip it in everything, every movie, music, you know, the news, of course, TV shows, advertisements and um you know it's just it's a shame but i think that uh we have to keep fighting and keep trying to help people understand that it's going on maybe by planting a little seed here or there and uh you know trying to get the word out that this kind of world is going on but it doesn't have to be this way well some of us are building a new world for the children you know it's it's insulting enough at this point that there is a backlash of actual truth. I mean, when we were kids, we were brainwashed, but we were just sat down and drilled, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and half the room wanted to be an astronaut. And I decided I wanted to be a marine biologist, you know, and that was stressful enough. Now they're asking the kids if they want to stay a boy or a girl or who, what, and how, and all this nonsense. And, and then, they're even pressuring the kids to take puberty blockers and all of this. Of course, they're, the powers that be are, are afraid or worried of us coming together and they're dismantling the next generation from the ground up so that they can't have that unity. They can't think for themselves. They're even pretty much castrated on a hormonal level. And if you're not like resonant if you're not firm in who you are as a person and you're confused on that level then you're not going to be able to think bigger picture things and see like the the lies in the skies and see your true destiny of what you're here why you're here as a spiritual being i mean like having this experience with others right now if we are in that vibration of truth surrounded by all these other people who are not there's a reason for that we're here to bring that truth forward and to show people the way in our own way, shape and form, you know, whether it's honoring the children to a degree that we actually build a team center for them or something like that, or just, you know, plugging our, our movies or making our podcast. I mean, if you can knit for truth, knit for truth, you know, play your part to create the world that we so drastically need because it's slipping. And if we don't give the next generation an opportunity, then they'll, they'll have no chance to even think outside the box and they'll have to 
conform and live a certain way. The children being raised right now, there's going to be this amazing warrior phoenix like rising like class. I know there is these star seeds because a lot of children are coming in at a very young age and their parents are waking up and their parents are saying, no, 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 no. Don't wear the mask. No, don't do that. Well, I guess we're going to have to homeschool you. I guess we're going to have to move to Florida. I guess we're going to have to do this, you know, and they're growing up in a world where they don't have to wake up on their own. Like I had to go through 9-11 and then watch some documentaries and then do some research and really dig down. And then finally at the age of like 25, I'm like, wait, 9-11 was an inside job. I had to go through all of that, you know, and I spent 25 years of my life eating crap and, you know, I like I grew up on on cigarettes and 40s and like I'm not perfect and I'm and I'm you know being able to grow out of that and blossom and it's beautiful but but these children right now they're seeing it for what it is front and center in their face the curtain is pulled and they're given the choice and a lot of them are going to be amazing like I mean transcendental spiritual warriors that are really going to shine the light for us even show us the way when it comes full circle yeah, that is the one bright light, you know, and I'm seeing with, the, I've got an 11 year old son and I've noticed that his generation seems to be kind of coming out of this whole super wokeness. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just his crew or whatever, but they make fun of things. They've got, you know, they've got a sense of humor again, and they, they really kind of make fun of a lot of this overly woke mentality. And uh, it gives me some hope anyway, because, uh, you know, how much farther can we go with the censorship and the trying to destroy people with a, a, just a simple different opinion than, than us? I mean, it really is getting insane. And it makes you wonder how much more people will put up with it. But uh, then again, you know, people seem to be, they like, I hate to say it, but there's a, a certain amount of people out there, they like to be con- can control they like to be controlled they like to be told what to do because that's more comfortable for them they don't have to really think outside the box and and do the leading themselves they're always kind of looking to be led you know whether it's it's a president or or you know someone on tv or you know some kind of a speaker or something like that it seems like that's by design so we're very programmable as a species we absorb everything we absorb light we absorb the food that we intake um, the water, you know, that we intake, the media that we intake. I'll have a song rattling around in my head. I'll wake up in the middle of the night singing some song that I heard on the radio a month ago. I'm like, how is my brain still processing that? We absorb everything we're fed. And at a young age, the powers that be know that. And they're programming us so finely and perfectly that when the truth comes finally, it's offensive and it takes a lot of bravery to snap out of that control mechanism and actually revert to taking truth as the authority when your whole life you've been programmed to taking authority as the truth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Matt, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I just really appreciate your work. And I think I first heard you on the Freeman Fly show and I just remember it blew my mind you know, and I live about, I guess, about seven or eight miles from the main airport here. And, uh, you know, I'll look up in the morning, if it's early, and the beautiful clear skies, and then here comes the trails, one, two, 
then they just start crisscrossing. And before you know it, by noontime or earlier, the whole sky is white. You know, all these clouds have dispersed or these trails. And so you have this haze. And, uh, you know, and I've noticed, I've actually had other people tell me they've noticed the same thing, which I'm really glad to hear people are paying attention. But uh, it, it just, it, it's insane what they're doing with any strange looking clouds that they're creating, you know, all these weird looking, weird shit clouds that were never around when I was a child. So I think if people could stop looking down so much and maybe start looking up and seeing what's going on up there, I mean, it's great to do research, don't get me wrong, but I think if we can, we've seen enough cats online and cute animals and, and what people are eating for dinner and different things like that. I think in sports, <laughs> you know, uh, different uh, sporting outcomes and stuff like that maybe we should start looking up and, and figuring out hey something's going on up there and we can do something about it and we can spread the word so thank you so much for your work um, and you also have a clothing line if i'm not mistaken too is that is that right yes i do and thank you for saying that about um, having people look at the sky and get off their phone um, and i too am, am around um, a 12 year old and a 10 year old and i'm glad that you're a dad Seriously, we need as many parents like you as we can get. Sometimes with the kids, instead of being a broken record and giving them the opportunity to kind of rebel against what I'm saying all the time, because that's a potential thing. I like to bring the light to the beautiful skies whenever those exist, even if it's just a morning and they're about to come trail, because oftentimes whenever it's beautiful out, they're just, they've got a clean slate and they're about to really hit it hard or something like that. But whenever there's a beautiful blue sky with those white fluffy clouds. I like to bring that to the attention of my neighbors, my kids, my family, my peers, anybody in a positive light, not in a sarcastic way, just bring it to their attention and make them see that that's a rarity now and make them remember that that's something that used to be more, you know, prevalent and often. And sometimes waking people up is bringing it not in a negative fear-based way. And that's like a positive kind of way to kind of bring them to looking at the skies, right? And see this irregular pattern of appearance of the trails and the abnormality of, you know, where did those white fluffy clouds go and all that. I've got a clothing line. Once I learned about 5G and EMF radiation and what the children are gonna be up against when the 5G is completely rolled out and all this smart tech and Wi-Fi and smart meters. I mean, when I was working on Frankenskies the movie, I had a smart meter just a few feet from my office um, slash bedroom. And I didn't know about smart meters at the time, but after a few months, I started getting heart palpitations and really firsthand, I learned about smart meters and, and an overkill of EMF, um, low level, non-ionizing radiation, meaning you can't feel the heat, but it's still there. Ionizing radiation, you can feel the heat and obviously you'd get away from it if you could feel it, the heat of the radiation. So after I learned about radiation and the problems and then what the children were up against, I made this clothing line called Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, Spiro. It's Latin, Spanish word, um, translates to hope. And so I'm over on SpiroGear.com and SpiroGear on Instagram. And what I learned by going to Asia and trying to figure out who's doing it and what, and if anybody was yet, and there are companies already, I didn't reinvent the wheel, but I did really bring it to the West. So I'm leading the industry with silver lined clothing. So you can protect from the radiation from um, cell towers and whatnot with silver fabric or, or copper 
or lead, can't really make lead clothing, or steel. Steel's not as comfortable. The best fabric out of all of it that's also um, antimicrobial and stuff um, is the silver clothing. So I make silver baby blankets, silver men's underwear, silver protection for pregnancy, silver beanies, foam bags, hoodies, t-shirts. I've got this whole wide array of silver woven fabric clothing and what have you to protect from um, this increase in radiation that's around us. Um, to prove how well the silver works, I got these foam bags. You put your phone inside the bag and it won't work inside there. It's like a, it's called a Faraday foam bag named after Michael Faraday who made these Faraday cages where there's no radiation inside these cages. Um, so that's been an interesting, amazing endeavor. The company's been around for maybe three years now and it's growing and it's, and it's happening. And what I did is I trusted in God or the universe or whatever, because activism does not pay the bills, but I really just trusted that if I kept on passing out chemtrail flyers and putting Frankenskies out there and believing in the truth that something would happen and I would be able to turn activism into um, my real job, which is, it is now my real job. I have this EMF clothing line and on my website, I sell Frankenskies the movie for $3. And I'm very thankful that I've been able to become an actual activist. And I think that anybody out there, if you follow your heart, I know that you can make money from your passions, especially if you're looking to help the world with it. So don't be afraid to, you know, take that leap and, and trust in the universe or God to kind of catch you and, and, and show you that your dreams can come true. Awesome, man. So you also have, uh, well, could you give me your other links for Frankenskies and anything else? Yeah, frankenskies.com um, is, I was able to just recently get that, which will take you to frankenskiesthemovie.com, where the movie lives. Um, I was pulled off of YouTube, so there's a little bit of a graveyard of links there. But um, for sure, I'm on all of the other new stuff, like BitChute and all that sort of stuff for all my different videos. And I keep um, plug, like um, putting the content back up there because my YouTube channel had so much, but I've got it all back um, up, uh, saved. Back, backed up. So please find me on those alternative platforms. And then my baby is actual activists, plural, actualactivists.com. And on there, I've got a daily blog called The Daily Truth. I've got a breakdown of um, health and chemtrails and GMO and vaccines and all sorts of the truths that we all need to know. And anybody out there, I don't care who you are, including myself, there's something on there that we can learn. There's so much information. And I'd love to include you on the podcast hub. I've got a hub of different truth-oriented podcasts for people to find different ones. And you just mentioned Freeman. I just put Freeman Fly on there. I was on his show for the second time recently. Um, I'm glad you heard me on the, his first show. Love him. He's a huge ally. So Actual Activist is a great site for people that are new to it or people that are looking to just find a little bit or share the truth with people. And it's, it's all very digestible and easy and you can go steal my memes on the health portion there's so many different memes that you can plug on your social media and stuff please take my content and share it it's not mine it's the truth it's the you know truth of the you know universe so it's all inclusive and then um, please find me on facebook matt landman although i'm getting censored um, i still exist on there i've got about sixty thousand followers and i do plug and keep everyone up to date on there and then um, please, my email is frankenskies at gmail.com. Um, I communicate with all sorts of people all over the world, and I love keeping in touch with everyone. So I hope that people can 
keep in touch. And then um, lastly, I hope that people can support you and your stuff because it's not easy out there, you all. The activist has to wear many hats and a lot of us are like dads and we're trying to pay the bills and we're trying to you know, keep a smile while bumping into controlled opposition and shills and trolls and all these different things that like even just an email or a text message saying that you appreciate us, you know, it means a lot. And I'm sure Jason has some sort of um, means of contributing or sharing his stuff. And even if it's like a dollar, please consider doing whatever you can because we, we thrive on just the energy of, of showing your appreciation. So thank you so much, everybody out there. Thank you, man. This has been fantastic. Thank you for saying that. I do appreciate that because it is tough, man. And, you know, uh, just uh, finding the time to actually make content. And I tried, I do a lot of reading because I do most of my shows by myself. So I try to read a lot and, and research a lot. And that's very time consuming and time is money. Of course, it's just the way our world works. But uh, yeah, we, we appreciate any help you guys can give. And Matt, Thank you so much for being on. And if you ever do come to Knoxville, please get a hold of me. I'd love to meet with you. We can grab some coffee or something like that and just I can show you the sites or tell you the places you might want to go and check out. So thank you once again, man. I look forward to it. I want to come in the spring or summer. I have this plan of actually meeting people in person and, and seeing what the, this new world is becoming and getting that truth out there um, firsthand. So I look forward to it. And there you have it the oddcast featuring Matt Landman. How great was he? It's awesome to talk to somebody who is so intelligent, so nice, and has their act together out there in the community, out there in the world, actually doing something, not just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. And so I hope to talk with him again at a future date. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to listen. I am going to do another episode pretty soon where I'm going to cover these the names of some of these programs this weather modification geoengineering type of programs i'm going to look into that a little bit deeper based on some of matt's previous work and i'm going to bring up some things that i found on my own and i think that uh, you guys will get something out of that so look forward to that in the coming weeks also i've got more stuff with charles savoy on the pilgrim society we're getting more and more into the modern days, closer to the modern days, but the past is extremely important to understand how we got to where we are right at this point today. And we have to understand how the network actually works. So he's explaining all the connections. I've got part two of the Fabian Society, and I'm going to be bringing into focus more in the part two episode how it's connected it was connected with the CFR and the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Chatham House, and the Pilgrim Society, and how these socialists were chumming it up with these monopoly corporatists and bankers. And that's just the way it is today. And guess what? Studying the Fabians led me right to the Frankfurt School. And that's the more modern version of Marxism. It's a different take on Karl Marx, and they have been very influential. And also, look, we talked about Columbia University being a huge hub for the Pilgrim Society members and the Council on Foreign Relations. And they even have a program 
dedicated to the Council on Foreign Relations now. And guess what? Well, the Frankfurt School, when it moved from Germany, it moved to Columbia University. That was the main hub for those guys. So it's all connected. And also, I've been looking into the various organizations connected to the Council on Foreign Relations at Chatham House, and they are numerous. We're talking about the World Affairs Council and all these different councils, not only in cities and states, but around the world. So that's what you got to look forward to in the coming months. Thank you for your support, guys. Quickly, let me say thank you to my wonderful patrons. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Rooster. Thank you, Flat, Dark, and Earthy. Thank you, Thaddeus. Thank you, Kilowatt. Thank you, Sir Tim of the Tunnels, Aaron, David, and I hope you're feeling better, David, Jack Allen from Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence, and my man, James. Thank you guys for your support, cheers and blessings, and remember, their order is not our order. See you guys. I have certain rules I would buy. My first rule, I don't believe anything the government tells me.
I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control.